0: Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. I'm
1: young, I'm handsome, I'm fat, I'm pretty, and can't possibly be beat. I'm a poet, I'm a prophet, I'm the Resurrector, I'm the Savior of the boxing world. I am the greatest.
0: You know there have been many throughout history that have claimed to be amazing in some way or another and just like Muhammad Ali said I am the greatest many others have boasted about themselves saying I am the smartest or I am the most powerful but before any of these people had a claim to greatness before any of them had a chance to boast about who they were or what they had done there was the one person who simply said I am His statements of I am, his statements of who he was, were like no other. They pointed to himself, describing his very character and essence. And he is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the bread of life. He is the true vine. He is the light of the world. He is the Good Shepherd, He is the Watcher of the Sheep, and He is the Resurrection and the Life. He is the I am.
1: Good morning! Does anyone here love turtles? like really love turtles. Um, Maybe you're getting a flashback to the YouTube video. Some of you in here maybe have seen this, the little kid that's like, I love turtles. That's what I'm trying to um, tell you this morning is that I love turtles. And specifically though, not just, I mean, the little ones are cute, but like sea turtles, like the big ones. Um, Really love sea turtles. And I actually got a chance to swim with a sea turtle, about like a five foot long sea turtle. I was like I don't know, maybe eight or ten feet away from it. And I got a chance to swim up next to one. It was an amazing experience. These are amazing creatures. But what's crazy about sea turtles is actually how the birth and hatching process happens for sea turtles. Well, when a sea turtle is ready to give birth, they come onto land. And as you would imagine, a large turtle with no feet, only feet, Fins, flappers, um, to try to like move themselves up the beach is a laborious process. But they do it. They get about 20 yards up the beach and they start to dig this hole. And in the hole, what they do is they drop 150 eggs into this hole. And then they cover up the hole and they go back in the ocean and they just leave the eggs. And some of you know this uh, because you've seen it at a beach before. Maybe you have a beach house, you've gone to the beach, and you've seen what happens next. These turtles begin to hatch, lots of them. And what turtles know instinctively when they hatch out of their eggs is, I need to go towards the light. So when they hatch out of their eggs, they move towards the ocean because the moonlight hits the ocean. They're supposed to go toward that. Well, We, as human beings, have made this process a little bit tougher for them, because we've decided we're gonna build some beachfront housing right there on the beach. And so turtles now, when they hatch, they get confused. They're disoriented. And so some of them, if lights are left on, think, oh, that's the light, and they start moving towards it. That's why some of you are told, like, let's turn our lights off, we're trying to keep the turtles alive and make sure they go into the ocean. So the turtles are supposed to go to the true light, but sometimes they can be deceived and they can move towards the fake lights. And as they move inland toward the fake lights, the further they go, the more and more the reality is starting to set in that death is really their only option. And that's a sad story, but it's a story for for us to realize as a lesson for us today That as we move, we want to move towards the true light. You guys can go ahead and open up to John 8 this morning. That's where we will be uh, studying. My name is Andrew Collins. I am the youth ministry team leader here at the Vine. My wife Tara and I have been here for a while. And uh, we're just really thankful for y'all and your community here. And just have felt so blessed to be here these last three years. Last week... Garrison kicked off this series of I am statements of Jesus. Garrison set it up by saying, all the way back in Exodus 3, when God says, I am who I am, he said, this is God's proclamation that he is the self-existent one. He was not created. He has no beginning and he has no end. Jesus proclaimed, I am has come. He is not a prophet sent by I am. He is the self-existent God standing before man. And John's purpose in his gospel is for us to see this. That's why these statements are made over and over again. Is for us to be able to see and believe the I am so that we may have life. And so he continues to make these statements. And last week we looked at the statement, I am the bread of life. And this week, we're, as you've maybe figured out already, we're going to look at the statement, I am the light of the world. So in John 8, verse 12, it says, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We're going to look at three points this morning. The first is What are we to see? The second is, what are we to believe? And the third is, how can we have life? So the first question is, what does Jesus want them to see? So two things here. Jesus wants them to see things as they really are. And specifically, he wants us as him proclaiming, I'm the light of the world, to see our hearts as they truly are are. Light allows us to see things as they truly are. Have you ever woken up early in the morning? You know, maybe it's really early in the morning, like the sun has not come up yet, and you're navigating around a pitch-black room, and first you hit the bedpost, and then you trip over a pair of shoes. Then you're searching for your socks that you thought you left somewhere, but they're not there anymore, and you start to do the spin cycle to try to get perspective on what is going on in this room. And as you're doing that, maybe you step on a child's toy, or even worse, you step on a Lego. And all you're thinking is, I need a light. Why? Because light gives perspective. It gives us perspective. Light allows us to see things as they really are. Christ's light gives us perspective in the same way. We only see our brokenness and sinfulness and His perfect goodness, in His light. And we only see our need for a Savior in His light. Christ's light gives us perspective. So the first thing we're to see is things as they really are. But not only this, we also need to see in this passage that as Christ is making this statement, the context that's surrounding this statement is super important. This reference to light that Christ uh, says here shows up 246 times in the Old Testament. And now Jesus has come on the scene and is saying, I am the light of the world. To us, this may not seem like a big statement. Okay, great, Jesus, you're the light of the world. I'm not really sure. To these people, they would have known exactly what he was calling himself. That he is the light of the world, meaning that he is the light to salvation, so as he's saying this, he's trying to get them to understand I'm the fulfillment of all these references and prophecies. But it doesn't stop there. While Jesus is saying I'm the light of the world, he is standing in the treasury of the temple teaching. And in the treasury of the temple, at this time, they were celebrating something called the Feast of Tabernacles. Some of you may not know what that means. I didn't know what it means. Had to look it up myself. But this is super cool. So listen. So. While they're celebrating this festival, they're celebrating the guidance of God by p- pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night through the wilderness and out of Egypt. And Jesus is saying, can you see it? Jesus is right in the middle of the symbols and signs that are supposed to point to the one that w- would save them. And he's saying, it's me. See, it's me. I am the brightest light in the room. He looks around and says, I am the light of the world. It's not these signs and symbols anymore. I have come. I am the light of the world. I am the one that will deliver you from the slavery and bondage of sin and death that reigns in darkness. So Christ is telling us as people As these people in the Bible, I am your deliverance from sin and death. I will shine my light of salvation into this world so that you may what? So that you may see your need for a savior. Light gives us perspective. Light gave them perspective to hopefully see Jesus as salvation come. Salvation has come in the person of Jesus. See me I'm here. I am the light of the world that you've been waiting on. So by shining his light, he allows us to see our hearts as they really are. And he allows us to see that he is the promised light to come with salvation. Okay, so once we see, then we have a belief. What are we going to believe once we see? And There's only two choices here. Once the light of Christ shines on us. We can either run from him or we can run to him. His light exposes our sin and we can either run from him or we can run to him. You may be running from him because you don't see his salvation as a good thing. We love the darkness. We love our sin. We love our idols We believe that we can be good enough without him. Or on the flip side of that, we believe that we are totally unredeemable because of the depth of our sin. Both of these are false lights. Both thoughts reveal a misunderstanding of the true light of salvation. For those that have run from him and his salvation into darkness, this is what awaits you. Darkness can only offer you blindness, lies, ignorance, because you have lost perspective and ultimately slavery to sin. You may be hiding in darkness right now, or you may not even know that you were hiding in darkness. But you came in here this morning, you sat down and some guy on stage is talking about living in darkness. And you're thinking, huh, maybe that's me. My prayer for you this morning is that Christ, the light of the world, has come and that he'd shine his light in your darkness. John 3, 19 through 21 says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light lest his work should be exposed. When when I was a kid, I really liked a show called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Some of the maybe 90s kids in here know this show. It's a show called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know why I always watched it because every night after I watched it, I couldn't fall asleep. I was terrified. It was like these goons and goblins and and whatever, scary stuff, in the dark. And what was interesting, some of you kids in here know this, like we just, we're just afraid of the dark when we're little kids. And I remember like, I always wanted a light on in my room. But what's interesting to me is as I've grown up and as I was studying this passage, the ironic thing now as an adult that I'm coming to realize is I actually think that I'm more afraid of the light than I am of the darkness. I actually think that I'm more afraid of the light than I am of the darkness. Because the light exposes me. And in the darkness, I feel like I can hide. And it's scary to be exposed. It's scary to be vulnerable when light shines into darkness. It's the lie of false Christianity. We aren't good enough. Then we must hide. We must minimize our sin we must retreat into the darkness as if to fool everyone, but you're fooling no one. Because what if people find out? What would they think if they knew the struggles, thoughts, and actions in my heart? What secret sins, imperfections, shame, guilt have you running from Christ into the darkness to hide? We love the darkness because our works are evil and because we love sin and we don't want to give it up. So we hide. Or we're afraid of the consequences, so we hide. Don't you feel this pressure mounting on you? And maybe you've been sitting with this pressure for a couple years, a couple days. Got to get it out. But I'm too afraid. We know who we are and what we struggle with, and yet we must project a different person because we can't risk people knowing us at a core level. We can't risk it. I mean, for me, I've been a Christian for 19 years. It would be embarrassing for them to know that I still struggle with that. These are the thoughts that go through my mind, possibly yours. So we hide and death and destruction begin to set in, We forfeit freedom and life in Christ for hidden sin and struggle. You know, Satan is just a copycat. And while we are here in this place of darkness, he starts to twist the words of God. And he starts to say, Be your best self because anything less won't be accepted. Don't show weakness. Achieve, 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 because they won't accept you if you don't. No one will love you for who you are. Can you imagine if they knew what you were thinking or what you have done this last week? Surely God won't understand. Surely God's love doesn't extend to you and in the depth of your sin. You're too far gone. It's time to hide Again. The pain is your fault. You are worthless. And we sit in this place of darkness and we start to think as the lies start coming in on us, is there any way out? And Christ says, I am the light of the world. I am entering into your darkness, into the lies of the evil one to speak truth Let's acknowledge truth for what it is that yes, you are broken and you have sinned, but that is why I sent Jesus to be a light to you in darkness. Christ says to you and me, I am the light of the world. Child, arise, for my light and my salvation has shined on you. And I will give you salvation as you see and believe your need for me. You know, it's as if you've spent your whole life in a dark building, just wandering around. Some things you can see faintly, other things you maybe can know through touch, but all of a sudden, for the first time, the lights in the building come on and you've been given perspective. Everything that's in this building has been brought into perspective. The contents have not changed while there is darkness, but our perception changes once light comes in. When Christ shines his light on us for the first time, we are given perspective that the darkness was hiding from us. This is the exciting part of this statement of the I am, that I am the light of the world I'm going to shine my light onto your heart so that you and I can know that we need a savior. Because in his perfect light, we're left with nothing. And we need a savior. Do any of you remember the first time Christ shined his light on your heart? Fully exposing the thoughts and actions and desires of your heart the terrifyingly beautiful reality of a holy and perfect Savior exposing sin and then providing salvation from it. I can see because of his light. Okay, so we just talked about what darkness has to offer now. We need to talk about what does his light have to offer us? His light offers us truth it offers us confession of sin it offers us perspective it offers us freedom to be weak and it offers us life through his salvation here's the beautiful promise brothers and sisters john 8:12 reminds us followers of jesus will not walk in darkness i am the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness If you're sitting in darkness right now, see the beauty of what Christ has done for you. Maybe this is the first time Christ is shining his light onto your heart. Step into the light. He has accomplished salvation for you. Come to him. He has given us eyes to see his glorious face and the salvation he has accomplished for us. Believe and come into the light, child of the king, and see Christ. Run into his marvelous light, robed in the righteousness of Christ. Not in your righteousness, not in being good enough, not in minimizing, not in rationalizing. No, come in weakness and brokenness and confession of sin and receive his righteousness now in his light we can have life this is how we will have the light of life john 8:12 the very end of this verse says but will have the light of life we walk in faith and repentance this is how we have the light of life when we are brought into the light, we can behold Christ. Shame runs and hides. Those lies run and hide in His light. And we are clothed in His righteousness. The lie of the darkness is that we are safe. Don't believe it. The lie of the darkness is that you're safe and that there's not consequences as long as you just go hide. No one will find out. God knows. Sin has to be dealt with. Whether you want to see it or not, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, it's still there. And something must be done about it. Death reigns where there is sin. Some of you in here know this as reality. Whether it's now or in seasons of your life where you have hung on to sins in your life and you won't give them up and you're hiding them And death starts to sink in on your heart. And you slowly inwardly start wasting away. Life reigns where there is repentance from our sin and faith in what Jesus has done. Don't run from his presence any longer. Your sin has been forgiven and there is now no condemnation once you are in Christ Jesus. It's beautiful, beautiful. John 1, 6 through 8 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Your Savior has shined his light of life, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome the light of the world. The light of the world has overcome our darkness. He makes us lights in a dark world as we step into his light. We can now bear witness about the light of the world through the light we beheld and now have. It's now our home to be children of the light. There's no more fearing the light The light of Jesus brings us to repentance, it brings us to life as we run to Jesus. When we acknowledge the sin in our hearts and turn from it and run back into the presence of the light of Jesus, we are bearing witness to the light of the world. There's a problem in a church world today is that we set expectations on everyone around us to be perfect people with little to no sin or struggle, or at least not the embarrassing sinner struggles. If you do sin or struggle, keep it to yourself, minimize it, rationalize it, and don't bother me with it. We start to preach a put together Christianity where mess and struggle and sin and doubt are no longer accepted. You can't show weakness. This is living as opposite of a child of the light. Can we just get it out on the table right now that every single person in this room has a deep need for a savior? We're not perfectly put together people. We are sinfully broken and messed up and we need a savior We need to stop giving the side eye to that person who's doing something that you're condemning. Stop judging the person in our community or your community who is struggling with addiction. Stop putting your fake perfection standards on others. Stop believing that you are a better Christian than another believer. No one wants to be part of that kind of community. We want to be a kind of community of children who are living in the light. Because in that community, we don't shine lights on ourselves. Where there is no sin, there's no speaking of a Savior. So if none of us are confessing sin to one another, none of us are lifting up Jesus as Savior. That he has covered us that he has given me righteousness, that he has saved me from this body of death. Let's lift up Jesus in his light. We must be able as children of the light to allow ourselves and others to confess and repent as we walk in light together. The light of the world exposes the sin of everyone and there is no ranking when it comes to this. Your sin isn't more or less worse than someone else's. There's no ranking when the light shines on all of us. We are so far from perfection. We fall incredibly short. Stop trying to clean yourself up and become good enough. Come to Jesus and admit your sin and need for a savior and receive grace and mercy abounding. Can I plead with you to step into this light of life? Don't turn to the fake lights that only lead to death, like the turtles who ran away from the ocean, to go towards the true light. We are seen spotless and blameless in the light of Christ. Don't wait until it's no longer an amazing invitation but a terrifying reality when Christ shines his light on every dark corner of this world and there's no one to speak for your sin. The day is coming. Christ is saying, come to me now. Let me clothe you in righteousness today. Let me be your salvation Here's the end of the story. One day, Jesus will be the only light this world needs. He will shine as our light that gives us eternal life. And we will see every good and perfect thing as it should be. In that day, all will be light. Revelation 21, 23 through 27 tells us of this truth. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, For the glory of God gives it light, and the lamp is the lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring into their glory, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations. This is the good news, brothers and sisters. Jesus is the light of the world. He has come to expose our sin so that we will be defeated and that, there, that, sorry, that we will be brought into his light and that every unclean thing will be done away with. And his light will purify all things and we will get to live in that reality in eternity. A light has come into the world to expel the darkness Everything that we grieve and hate about the darkness of this world will be gone. The lies, the wickedness, the sin, the blindness, and the death will cease. And he, through his light, will usher in truth and sight and purity and life, eternal for those who see and believe that he is the light of the world, that he is I am. In prepping for this sermon, I felt like his light was shining right on me in preparing for this. There was so often the lies that kept entering my mind as I was preparing, thinking, "You better be good enough. If you're not, they may not accept you. I hope you're clear. I hope that what you're saying is true. And as I continued to battle those lies in my own heart, studying this passage and writing this, over and over again, I had to come to the realization that, no, I'm a child of the light. That as you and I stand in the light, those things are not true because Christ has called us his child and no one can take that from me and no one can take that from you. Christ has given you and me salvation in his light and no one can take that from you or from me. So don't listen to the lies that would make you run away from him and back into the darkness. And this week, as I kept battling those thoughts back and forth, I kept going back to this passage in Micah 7, 8 through 10. And it says, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until, until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out into the light and I shall look upon his vindication. Then my enemy will see and shame will cover her who said to me, where is the Lord your God? My eyes will look upon her. Now she will be trampled down like the mire of the streets. Jesus says, come, come into my light and receive salvation. He has called you Out of darkness into a marvelous light. Run to him. Let's pray. Father, what a amazing opportunity we have to know your light. And as we step out of the darkness into your light. Yes, we are exposed But as our sinfulness is exposed, you cover us in your righteousness. And in that we have freedom, we have life. Father, I pray that we would not listen to the lies of this world that would make us run from you. Father, draw our hearts to you this morning that we would run to you without abandon for you are our only salvation, you are our only way out. May we find that in you. I ask all this in your name. Amen.
0: Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com. Download our mobile app or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.